love you. Gentlefolk, ladies and men, you've wandered back into our living room, so you might as well sit on the couch and let your old pappy green traveler uh, and, and, and my, my friend here tell you about some movies It's today. 2022, we can tell them. We've been partners since 1963. God damn, you stubborn old fool. I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> you need more of that Goonie courage, or you need new shoes like Benny. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And a mitt. Yep. And a mitt. And if you're lucky yeah, enough, admit. somebody in your neighborhood will give you one. Fat fucking chance. That's just not going to happen. People, not today's America. No, I don't, I don't even think you're going to find a place where you can. Well, for one, people don't let their kids leave the home nowadays. Um, but yeah, I was going to say, like, honestly, <laughs> there's so much in the Sandlot where it's just like, Mom, I'm going out. Yeah. It's like, okay, that was my childhood. Literally, I would just be like, Mom, you, well, I mean, we didn't really go anywhere. We right. lived out in the country, but like, you know, my brother and I would go on a bike ride around the whole block or whatever, you know, we'd gone for like right. two hours. Because it was like, uh, like, yeah, a square mile block. <laughs> yeah, 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 it really was. <laughs> we basically went to the next town and back, and the town is like a, a town had like a population of 102 people, so it's, you know. <laughs> Well, you know, they got the government wanted to keep you a secret, so they had to put you out there. That's true. Yeah, they had to really find a very out of the way spot for me. That's all right. I like the people they gave me too, so it's good. You know, I could have had it worse. But I thought it was. I think it is hilarious though that. So sorry, (laughs) sorry. I do think it's hilarious though that uh, like you know they're they're all running outside of their house and playing baseball with no adult supervision. It's like nowadays you go to a park, you go to a park and you see all the kids like conglomerated on one side and all the parents are around it just like with their hands up like okay be careful okay you can come down oh Jesus be careful (laughs) it's like nobody leaves their kids alone for like five seconds and these kids like that are the same age as these actors have no idea how to play the game because well to really know how to play the game you kind of have to play it every day like these kids do right yeah they they enjoyed the fuck out of their summers oh yeah they did so uh we just kind of jumped in talking about the sandlot but i think we're gonna do the goonies first and this is the potato pick and this is also a show called Green and Faceless <laughs> on the Couch, a podcast about movies and TV. I don't even know if I said I was the Faceless Leon. That's a thing that I am. Yeah, I almost, I almost introduced you, but then that's when I said, you know, I was just like, my uh, good good friend yeah. here. Uh, <laughs> I was just like, oh man, I almost just stole his introduction away from him. <laughs> and then I... Did whatever the fuck I did. I was, ra- <laughs> yeah. I was raised by white people. We try to take everything away from everyone else. So, oh, know, I, I see. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Same here. Unfortunately, my bad. Um, <laughs> Sorry to step on, step on your toes there, Facey. <laughs> well, like I said, this podcast about movies and TV. I also mentioned potatoes. Did you catch that? Did you catch that? I I'm, did. I did. I'm doing this show like. Anybody listening has never listened before. This is Maybe the potato pick. Maybe they haven't. If you jumped on right now, it is the potato pick. I don't know how many potato picks we've done, but it is a monthly episode that we put out just for our Patreon listeners. They suggest the movie ideas and they then vote on them. And if you want to join in on that fun, you can come on down to patreon.com slash green and faceless. Now, Delma Callahan, uh, who we've already mentioned in passing this episode. That's true. It's true. <laughs> she suggested <laughs> that we talk about two of childhood's favorite movies of all time. Right. I think she was trying to really please me on this one. Was she? You know, my, uh, the, the, the birthday that the government gave me uh-huh. is in this month. Uh-huh. So I think this was kind of a birthday present to me. She was just I like, see. you know, this is, these are like two of the films you had constantly on the TV as a kid. 
why don't you just remember your childhood and enjoy right. it? And, right. And mind you, you were 70 at the time. Yeah, yeah. My human childhood. My, my yeah. you know. Yeah. This is where yeah. you, you post, turn the post page. Post Area 51. Yeah, you turn the page and you say, hey, listen, mommy, raise me. I'm older than you. <laughs> well, I was still pooping my pants by then, you know. Oh, right. Yeah, because I mean, <laughs> earth, earth food is earth plumbing. Yeah, earth food is like, hard to accommodate too. Oh, earth food. It was the food. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But man, when we were living yeah. in the bunker together, you always said it was uh, the plumbing. Well, I mean, that's because right. they're feeding us shit. Oh, like from Plums. the plumbing. Oh, oh, <laughs> gross. <laughs> Well, oh, I liked man. it, so that's yeah. unfortunate. I mean, you like everything. You're a gross, amalgamous blob. Well, I don't know about if the gross was necessary, but <laughs> yeah. That's fair. In the heat you are, though. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's true. In the summer humidity, nobody likes yeah. to step in a pool and mud, I think, you know? It's just like, Ugh. <laughs> Oh, that's a pool we own. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I got them all over my shoes. Ah, oh, damn it. He, he mailed it again. <laughs> so, yeah, they also gave me uh, a birthday in the middle of a very warm month, maybe to make me feel better. So, let's talk about the Goonies, because you know what let's they needed? It. They needed to feel better, and that's that's. Oh, I, thought, I thought you were going to say they needed adult supervision, which is almost, they almost accurate. They definitely did. I mean, they did find the thing. But they, right? Yeah, spoilers. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> dive in. This is one of my absolute favorite films as a kid, and still today, it's still one of my. You know, it's easily top fifty, probably top twenty. Like, I love this movie. It's it's fucking phenomenal. It's directed by Richard Donner, which is almost unbelievable. If if you if you were, if, I mean, unless you were looking at the story and alone, but like Richard Donner, if you don't know, he he did the Omen, he did Superman, he did Lethal Weapon. And then he went to kids and <laughs> did the Goonies, and it's just like, oh, okay. Well, it's a fucking I mean, Lethal Weapon came at, came after, I think, but it's a it's a fantastic movie, and I think Richard Donner was really well assisted in his writing staff, being Christopher Columbus mm-hmm. and Steven Spielberg. Well, well, Steven, Steven, the the story is based off. Right. Of, it's a story by Steven Spielberg. He didn't write the script. The script is purely Chris Columbus. Right. Uh, who, if, again, if you've been living under a rock, obviously, even if you've been living under a rock, you know who Steven Spielberg is. Chris Columbus, though, you know, Harry Potter 1 and 2, right. what, Home even Alone. Home Alone, I think. Home Alone, yeah. Yeah. Home Alone he was, he was good with kid actors, too. Yeah. Like, honestly, if you, had, if you had presented these three names to me and asked me which one was the director, I would have assumed Chris Columbus purely because of the performances from the kids. I see. Like Chris Columbus this, just knows how to work with children. That is one hundred percent true. That the the cast is just fucking amazing, and honestly, a good portion of these people are household names today. Yeah, they, so, they, yeah, they yeah. went on to become a lot, which is amazing. Yeah, it really is. Uh, I mean, let's just let's dive into it. You have a perfect fucking intro, by the way, with with the Goonies. It opens up with the the Fratelli family escaping jail. Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing scene. You get all yeah. of the you get you get all of the personality traits and flaws of every character within the first like ten minutes of this movie. Every character, the the criminals, the kids, like their personalities are set up so fucking well. And like in that opening scene, you see all the the gaffes, all the the silly like hijinks of the the criminals trying to escape yeah. the police. They, I think they even burned down the the they try to yeah, burn they, down the jail or something. I, think I remember they do burn down the jailhouse. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking hilarious, like, uh, and, and and they're they're really bad people, you know. That there's uh that she's not the mom. What is she? Is she a mom? She is the mom. Yes. What was her name again? Oh, here it is, Mama Fratelli. Mama Fratelli, played by Anne Ramsey, Jake Fratelli, and Francis uh, Fratelli, uh, played by Robert Davi and Joe Pantoliano, uh, respectively. We've talked about Joe. We've talked about have Joe. We? Yeah. Yes, we, we have. He, oh my god, Matrix. I didn't recognize him. Yeah. Holy Even with shit. all the hairpiece jokes, 
<laughs> I didn't even recognize him. Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah, like, and Robert Davi is kind of like the uh, the he he's the more suave of the two. I would say of the oh, two brothers. Yeah. He loves to sing his operetti. He loves to sing. I mean, he's really rude to their other brother who uh, comes in later, um, yeah. played by uh, not played by uh, it, his name is Sloth. He's played by. I gotta find his name real quick here. Sloth was played by John Metsukzik. That's right, and he was in yeah. he was in an episode of Mash. That's where I know him from. I didn't realize until I watched it this time. Uh, John Matusik was uh, Matusik was a. Matusik, um, thank you. I think he was on the Raiders. He was a football player for the Raiders. I think. Yeah, he was at least a football player. Yeah, he started in an episode of Mash. And I, I only remember it because he is like an abusive, uh, it's a late episode of MASH. There's a, uh, I only remember him because his name is Elmo. <laughs> but he, 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 uh, if I'm remembering correctly, if it's the right episode, he ridicules and kind of blackmails, uh, man, what is his name? Winchester? I think it's Winchester, the, the guy who replaces Frank on the show. Oh, I haven't um, watched all of MASH, so I couldn't tell you. Yeah. It's a later season. Frank Burns, he's like the rude, mean major who right. ha- like lives in the same tent as Hawkeye and Trapper. He later leaves the show, and uh, I think it's Winchester. I think that's his name. He comes in, and you know he's he's a much different personality than Frank, but it, it's great. And but he gets bullied and blackmailed by uh, <laughs> uh, uh, John Matusik uh, because Matusik wants to get a promotion. And Winchester is one of the, the people who is able to give a promotion. So he tries to blackmail him and bully him and threaten him into getting him himself a promotion. It's, it's a, it's a good episode. I don't know. I don't know why I have that knowledge, but that's, I didn't realize that he played Sloth as well until I watched this. And I was like, oh, I recognize that name. Who, what does he play? And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, we're going to talk more about Sloth later, I'm sure. But yeah, yeah, uh, I will say that. It is a good performance by John. I'll say that. It is. Yeah. yeah. The performance I, is good. I believe it. I believe I I believe in in Sloth. I really like Yeah. I really like Sloth, but I do think that the representation is problematic and I guess we'll talk about that more. I think that's the <laughs> the flaw with both of these films is representation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with with the Goonies, after you get that big breakout scene, uh, we cut to the kids, and you learn the kids' plights. Uh, Sean Astin is the main kid. He plays Mikey. Mikey. Um, Sean Astin. If you don't know, it's Samwise Gamgee. And yeah. if you did not know that, go the fuck out right now and watch Lord of the Rings. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> what the? F- and then Encino Man. And then Encino Man. That's true. <laughs> uh, and it, which is the another character in this film? He's also in it, as we found out. Um, but. Right now, Sean, uh, Mikey, played by Sean Astin, him and his brother, uh, played by, amazingly played by Josh Brolin, his brother, uh, Brand. I don't remember what his, I guess, Brandon. Brandon. Yeah. Yeah. That makes the most sense. But their, their family is about to sell the house and they're about to leave Astoria, Oregon. Uh, the, the, uh, what's it called? Goondocks. The Goondocks. Yep. And that's why yeah. they call themselves and the Goonies. I just want to clarify that the house is getting foreclosed on. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. The yes. bank's buying up a lot of property. Yeah, because they um, want well, buying up. They're taking. Uh, it's a country club wants to turn their mm-hmm. property into, I don't know, something. Something. Golf I mean, course, the, golf the adult course, stuff of this film, like the the even though it's like the inciting incident that gets these kids to go out, right? It, all of that kind of stuff went over my head as a kid. I didn't give a right, damn. Definitely. It was the adventure. And then, like, even watching it as an adult, like, I was just like, oh, yeah, bank people, they're bad. I'm, you know, I work at a credit union, but, <laughs> but, but bank people, they're bad. That's <laughs> they right. They're to ruin these people's lives. That's why you should go to a credit yeah. union, because bank people are bad. <laughs> That's true. They are different things, damn it. They are. They are. I can explain it to you right now, but I'm not going to. Because this is a <laughs> podcast about movies and TV. Yeah, we don't offer financial advice here. We just ask for financial help. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> Please. But no, the the uh, Mikey brand and all of Mikey's friends, um, they don't want to leave a story. This is their home. This is their, their yeah. world. This is their childhood. They don't want to uproot and leave all their friends behind. They want to stay. And so Mikey, 
uh, concocts this good idea through through a, a quick series of events, but it's still, you know, I'm not, I don't need to go into every detail, but he cooks up this idea. We need to go and find One-Eyed Willie's treasure. One-Eyed Willie is a famous pirate of the area way back in the day. Yep. And, you know, he had this infamous treasure that's hidden. And in their attic, they find a map that could potentially lead to this treasure. And Mikey is very adamant. He's like, guys, we have to go find this treasure. I know we can do it. And, you know, eventually, uh, they go, they have, they have to chain yeah. up brand because brand brand as the chaperone is like, no, you guys, we, we can't go out. I have to, you know, take care of all of you. Yeah. Your asthma, Sean, Mikey, you got to worry about your asthma. That's what mom <laughs> said. <laughs> I completely forgot too before this rewatch that Mikey suffers from asthma. Like yeah. I don't know why. It's just it's I completely forgot. Well, because it's but, like yeah. just kind of one of those character traits that they use as a gag, and then they yeah, like it's like a an easy oh look he he grew because at the end of the movie spoilers he throws away his inhaler, but right yeah it's kind of silly. Which is always it's it's always a wonderful, good, cathartic scene for movies. But I will say right now, right here, consult your doctor before throwing away your medication. <laughs> <laughs> I just took a drink and I was trying so work. hard not to spit it out. Oh, sorry. It could work for some people. Like literally stopping cold turkey, that's totally fine for some people, but for other people, doctor, consult your doctor first. Yeah, yes, that's, that's dangerous. Even, thank you. I mean, an inhaler is whatever. You know, there's a lot of controversy around asthma and inhalers, but right. it's whatever. But anyways, the What's the uh, Sean, Mikey, they they get their friends together. Let's yeah, let's go through the friend list. Yeah, that's because there's a lot of do. there's a lot of good kids here, a lot of good characters. I feel first and foremost we need to mention Chunk. Uh, yeah. I don't remember his actual name. I know him as Chunk. Uh, Jeff. Uh, oh man, I don't know. I, oh. Lawrence. His name is Lawrence, and we only know. Yeah, that. I was gonna say. I was like, yeah. I was gonna say the actor is Jeff Cohen. Yeah, yeah. The, Jeff Cohen plays Chunk. Uh, he, he is named Chunk, uh, unfortunately, because he is an overweight child. Uh, and everything yeah. about him is food. I will say that Jeff Cohen plays those scenes fucking brilliantly. Right. Uh, you know, and like I, I don't think Chunk is like a bad nickname, mainly because he is very gluttonous. So I think yeah. it is kind of a fitting nickname. The one thing that I was like, okay, that's a little over too far. Even though everybody loves it, even though it's a huge meme from the movie, the Truffle Shuffle. Yeah, it's a little too far. Yeah, that's a little the too far. Is a little it's right too at much. the beginning of the movie too. Corey Feldman, right. his name is is Mouth, uh, and, Mouth. and we've talked about Corey Feldman before. And this, everybody's uh, talking about Corey Feldman. He is so good as Mouth. They're like perfect casting, one hundred percent. Oh yeah, um, the role he was meant to play, <laughs> exactly. And he's he is kind of mean to Chunk, um, and he's fluent in Spanish for some reason, which is cool, and. <laughs> Which has some great scenes. Yes, has some great scenes. The way they introduce it is uh, the mother, who oh, I I don't remember their mother's names. It it may oh, be the Walshes, Mary Ellen uh, uh, Trainer, yeah, Irene Irene Walsh. Yep. Okay, yep. so she's hurt herself, and they have to move out because the house is being foreclosed. So she hires. Who is it? Rosalita? I, yeah. I think that's the character's name. Um, I might be wrong on that. And I forget. No, you're right. I can't find the, the actor, but she does not have any English. It's Lupe Ontiveros. Thank you. So he yes. takes Rosalita around the house. I found her. And um, is <laughs> translating, I say in air quotes, what Mrs. Walsh is saying to him. But he's talking about like sex dungeons and and, and drugs to, to, and drugs and torture chambers <laughs> she, she tells him she tells her uh she, she, uh she being the mother uh mary ellen trainer uh she tells uh uh rosalita she's like okay and make sure when you're putting the clothes away you sort it you know you like put the pants here you put your shirts here yeah. you put your like you know the delicacies down here and she's like can you translate that for me mouth and mouth's like yeah yeah sure so you separate the heroin and the cocaine and the marijuana or like everything. <laughs> <It's> so bad. 
such a little ass. <laughs> another uh, another kid is uh, Data, my mm-hmm. favorite kid, um, Jonathan Kehui Kwan. Uh, I might be pronouncing the you know the pronunciation of his name wrong. Um, but we've talked about I've talked about him in the last green uh, one of the last green ketchups, but I didn't actually like name drop him because I didn't realize it was the same guy. Oh really? Um, he was okay. in yeah he was in everything everywhere all at once. He is the uh, the husband to the main character the the um, oh cool the laundromat owner. He he is fucking phenomenal in that movie everything everywhere all at once he's amazing he plays you know the whole movie if you don't know takes place in like multiverses there's a lot right. of different multiverses because that's the thing now and he plays like at least two or maybe three different versions of himself of this character that is hilarious but what you might also know uh Hui kwan from is indiana jones and the temple of doom yeah. he was the uh he was the I don't remember the character's name, but oh my god, he uh, was so he, fucking great yes, in that movie too. He he was very cute in that movie, uh, but unfortunately, it being the eighties, I do feel there's some racial stereotyping in both of those yeah. roles, one hundred percent. But I still enjoy it because he is so darn cute and really just good at it. I, I don't know honestly like I mean definitely in Indiana. I mean I haven't seen it in a long time, but I I mean, like right. I'm sure there is some in that. I don't see much in this one of that's negative in any way. Well, okay, like, I think it comes down to so he he is being included in this group of friends, but he is also the Tolkien character. Right. But right. He, all the other characters are white uh uh, Lawrence Chunk is is Jewish, but other than that, hmm. the the rest of them are white kids. And uh, his name is also Data, and he's an inventor. Which science and math has always been highly associated in okay. stereotypes. I don't for Asian yeah, characters. Yeah, that's fair. My brain didn't go there immediately. It's right. just that's his character. Like that was his yeah. trait. I didn't think, I think at all it's about. Cute. Yeah. Like the character itself is very cute, but. It being the only Asian kid. But, like, he's not – yeah, that's that's fair. But, like, also, he's not the only one that's inventive, though, because all the Goonies are oh, inventive. Yeah. Like, yeah, Mikey true. has a – Mikey and Bran have a ridiculous fucking system to open up their gate in their front lawn. Like, it's yeah, hilariously yeah, so stupid. Ru- Ru- how was it? Ruth Rube Goldberg? Rube. Rube. <laughs> Rube. <laughs> Rube. Uh, Ruth. It's a Ruth Ginsburg machine. <laughs> I'm down to change it to that. <laughs> no, 100% though is a Rube Goldberg contraption. It's ridiculous. And, yeah. And yeah. then Data has like a lot of hilarious contraptions. He's got uh, he's got yeah. two headlamps that come out of his belt. He's got a, a boxing glove that comes out of his belt. Uh, he's got slick shoes. Bully. Yeah, slick shoes. I love slick shoes. He has names love for all of them. Shoes. The lights are called Bully Blinders. Yeah. That that's hilarious. He's got to set up a lot of booby trap, uh, booty traps. Sorry. Yes, I think that actual Mikey is the first one who said booty traps, and then everybody, <laughs> and then everybody accidentally keeps on saying it. So that one wasn't an accent joke, which I appreciate. It was that. so funny though, because it's just like yeah. he definitely was the one who corrected Mikey the first time. Yeah, he's the first Mikey, one to correct Mikey goes, him. Yeah. booty traps. And he's like, you mean booby traps? And he's like, and he's like, that's oh, what I said. That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> like in the very next scene Data's just like I'm going to set up some booty traps and they're like you mean booty traps he's like jeez you people it's what I said <laughs> yeah oh I love it it was uh, so good and that's that's another one of those uh, traits that they gave Mikey's character is that he always uses the wrong word and has to be corrected right. by somebody but he's always like that's what I said and he's I like, totally identify yeah, with that. Yeah, 100%. I love it. And then you got the other two characters who are, as we've mentioned already, a bit of uh, um, a representation issue, which are the the female companions of the Goonies yeah. who tag along. You have Andy, played by Carrie Green, who is uh, she's not dating brand, but they're, they're a love interest of sorts. Yeah. Um, it it builds throughout, and then you have uh, Steph. Played by Martha Plimpton, Andy's best friend, and uh, for whatever reason, they decide that she needs to have a romantic relationship. Well, not really romantic. They they imply right. they imply the possibility of a relationship between her and Mouth, and it's like that's fine. They didn't need it's to do a kid. it. 
when I was a kid, I was picking up on those cues so hard that I, when I watched it, I was like, oh, I thought that was stronger when I was right, a kid. Right, so did I. Yeah, 100% so did I. It's definitely. I thought they kissed too, but I was thinking of another kiss spoilers between Mikey and Andy. That I will leave the situation right. to you, viewers. God, it's hilarious though. It is. I think <laughs> it's a good I scene too. Brand was in a hole. Watch your step. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good, man. Like this, this whole movie again. As, as as we've said, there are representation issues. My issues mainly come from yeah. the. Um, from how the women are in this movie, they are one of them. Literally, Andy is in a uh, like a cheerleader skirt for the entire film. Like, yeah, uh, you know, it's very short skirt. I mean, the, a- the great thing is the the continuity director did an amazing job because the the dirt on that skirt was consistently accurate. Like oh, yeah. it. Yeah, it gets dirty. It gets dirtier and dirtier throughout the movie, and like I do applaud the continuity director because all of their all of their outfits got dirty and dirty. Yeah. It's just most recognizable on hers because she has a white skirt on, and by the end of the movie, it is like caked and brown. And I'm just right. like, good job. So many yeah. fucking times you see somebody like in the rain, and then they come inside in the next next scene, and they're just dry. You know, yeah. not in this movie, but yeah. I'm just saying, like, in cinema in general, you see that so often. It's just like, okay, continuity director, think. What happened before this? They came in out from the rain. Is yeah. their hair going to be dry? No, it's not. <laughs> you I see took that a so shower often. before this, and my hair still is not dry. Exactly. Literally, I take a shower, and it's like an hour and a half until it's finally dry. Right. I also don't have a hair dryer, but you know. We and we also both have pretty long hair. Gorgeous um, and sexy. And when I say pretty, I mean beautiful. Yes. Big and bodied. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh top. the kids though, they go out in search of the treasure. That is that is the Goonies. We have just, we have summed them all up there. They all have their own fun quirks and identities and they're all adorable. And they all the chemistry among all of them is amazing. Honestly, and initially, you know, initially it's just the boys. There's no uh, brands not there and neither of the girls brand, though, once he finds out that his brother and all of them had run off, you know, it's it's his duty to bring them back to keep them safe because he is the older brother. So he immediately runs outside to go chase them. Finds that they flattened his tires on his bicycle because they're all assholes. Yes, they are. <laughs> and the funniest thing happens is he he sees a little girl on her bike and he's like, "I'm <laughs> confiscating this bike," <laughs> and he rides off. It's hilarious seeing Josh, uh, seeing uh, uh, Josh Brolin on a fucking kid bike. Phenomenal. That's Thanos, everybody. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, banging his knees on the handlebars. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we probably are safe to jump into closing statements on this. Really? Um, oh, we didn't. I, I well, I mean, we, talk- we didn't really even mention what happens, which is the the treasure is at the Fratelli's house where they're where they're holding yeah, they're, up. They're where the holding up in this to. old restaurant, and yeah. it is buried below it. And so it's it's a very fun and very exciting adventure going deep into this like creepy little house. You got yeah. again, as we said, with the representation of sloth, like he he is a disfigured, um, like is is I can't think, mentally handicapped. I he think is, mentally handicapped has gone by the wayside. the The term okay. that I have been hearing is neurodivergent. Uh, I don't know how big of an umbrella term that is, but yeah. I do know that it applies to people. On the autism spectrum and people who have ADHD, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if it includes whatever diagnosis sloth would be under. But yeah, at yeah. the very least, he's deformed and severely physically abused by his family uh, yeah. to the point where he's kind of like chained up in a in a basement like room. Uh, mm-hmm. and like they, they gave him a TV. That's kind of nice. But you know, if he, if he's mean to them, if he, if he screams or swats at them, they don't even give him food. They just like leave it outside of his range. So he can't get at it. It's just, yeah. you know, it's awful. It's very awful. It is awful. That's the part. So I, I don't think that 
we as people who make movies, I'm including us in that, uh, <laughs> I don't think that we should stop including individuals like Sloth in uh, movies. I think what's unfortunate about Sloth is that the first time you meet this character, they are depicted as a monster. And it it is part of what I feel like really the heart and and, um, message of the movie that's, it's kind of hidden in there, but I feel like Mm -hmm. the message of the movie is that you can't judge people just based on what they look like. You have to get to know them because Chunk and Sloth get to know each other and they love each other. And, you know, Chunk doesn't know how social services work works but he does offer to take care of sloth afterwards and i think that's that's beautiful i I feel like mildly bad because like one of the uh um there are so many lines in both of these films that were everyday statements in my house as a kid we 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 used a lot and still today i do a lot of things like uh but one of them specifically that i kind of feel bad about but i don't think i'm ever going to stop using it is is sloth he he breaks free when he finds the kids uh right. you know way late in the movie he's up on this like high ledge and he's just like hey you guys i do that all the fucking time i love it it's it's a great moment you know he he recognizes who his friends are because even though they screamed the first time they saw him once they realized that he's not a monster they were immediately accepting of him and because yeah. that's what it, that's yeah. what it means to be a goonie you know it's 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 right not not judging i mean like as you said it's not don't judge the goonies because they fucking you know they went on a treasure hunt man what'd you do when you were eight like <laughs> right yeah like these they're they're all under underestimated individuals but together they are very resourceful and they they find the freaking treasure and and, and just to continue on sloth a little bit i think that it really is kind of an expose of how some people, especially in the in the time period, were treated just because they were different. So mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I think what the problem is with me is that seeing it, seeing this character treated that way, at least as a kid, I thought that that he was some kind of dangerous monster. But really what the film is trying to say is that he he isn't and nobody should be treated that way. Right. So I think the heart of this movie was all in the right place where it concerns Sloth. But Mm -hmm. just that opening part with him made me so scared of him as a kid that I think it kind of did the wrong thing, at least for the younger generations. Right. Yeah, they they needed to ease into him like Quasimodo and Hunchback of Notre Dame. They like Maybe. you don't show the yeah. people being afraid of him first. You show a moment where he's being peaceful with the birds and the gargoyles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, anyhow, closing statements on the Goonies. Uh, I really enjoy this movie, despite some of uh, the problems that we've mentioned. And honestly, there's not that many of them. I think the intentions of the people making this film were all good. They were trying to be slightly inclusive. Uh, and, you know, for the time, I think it's a great movie that people can go back to and still just freaking enjoy and not feel like, oh, oh, why does all of my childhood memories suck? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I agree with you. This is a, it's a very whole, uh, uh, warm-hearted you know, kind of feel-good film for the boys. I mean, and yeah. the girls, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, anybody, uh, can, I think, anybody can take enjoyment think, from this. It's very much right. aimed towards younger boys, right. though, I would say. Right. While Andy and Steph are less focused on, I still think their characters have, their characters have some merit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, their skills are used. They're, right. They're not just there to be looked at. Yeah, the the Goonies as a whole literally could not have found the treasure without either of their each skills. Each one of them. Yeah, yeah. Each, each one of them were necessary. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's like they definitely use everyone, but that like that's the only problem I – and it's not even a problem, honestly. It's just the – the like I don't I, – I see where you're coming from with Sloth and I agree with you that they shouldn't have introduced him like that at first. But even as a kid, I always thought Sloth was just warm-hearted, cuddly bear. And he like – 
And it's and the only reason I thought that though is as a kid, the the first time you see him is because is through the Fratellis almost. Like you're seeing it through yeah. the eyes of the kids, but you're seeing how the Fratellis are treating this person. And like the kids are scared only because he's in shadow and like, you know, once he turns around they see the deformity, then they're just like, he, Oh god. He's making loud noises, uh, protesting yeah, exactly. what his family is doing to him. But like the the first time you see him, he's being abused by the Fratelli, so it's like it almost immediately yeah. elicits this sympathy where you're just like, Man, I hate these mm. Fratelli. As an They're adult, so, such as assholes. an adult, I can totally agree with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I yeah, and I can see how a kid can miss it. That's how I felt as a kid too. Is I just I hated the Fratellis as a kid. Like yeah. they were just dicks, yeah. you know. So my my only real issue was with the uh, the use of the the of Andy and Steph. It's not even an issue again, but like they are really just kind of there for romantic interests for most of the movie. Yeah. They have their yeah. part, but but Andy's like in between two different. You know, she's got this jock guy who was driving her around at right. the beginning, but then at the same time, there's Brand. Brand is very handsome and you know makes her laugh. Very kind guy, and then Steph, she really doesn't have any kind of like romantic involvement until the implicit like hints at the end and i just as an adult i just don't get it like why why do they do that (laughs) it's just weird Uh, there's this the scene between her and steph if i can recall the lines she says he says something really nice to her and he's like she says you know maybe you are a good kid you know if it wasn't just for your mouth and he said well you know maybe you're kind of pretty if it wasn't for your face yeah. I'm sorry. And then immediately <laughs> gives her a hug. <laughs> it's good. I like it. I do like it. Like that's the yeah. thing is like even though it's like it like even though I say it's an issue, it is the most mild of issues. Like right. this movie gets a yeah. four stars. I fucking love it. Like it's one of my favorite childhood yeah. films. And then watching as an adult, watching how well pieced together and paced this whole film is. Like, it, from a technical standpoint, mad fucking props. Like, this is a, a classic yeah. fucking 80s movie. It's great. Go watch it. Amen. Goonies never say die. Goonies never say die, damn it. Yeah. Let's, Should we take uh, a soda pop break? Let's take a soda pop break. Before we play some ball. Play ball. We're break. Yeah. Maybe Garlic wants to be on the podcast. Garlic, what did you think of the Sandlot? Yeah, what did you think of the Sandlot, Garlic? That dog was a lot bigger than you. The dog was the hero. Yeah, damn it, the whole time. Just damn it. This is, this is, misre- that's re- misrepresentation too, you know. The dog. Of Hercules, yeah. That's true, that's true. I was going to say of pit bulls, but I think he was maybe a mastiff. Yeah, he definitely was not a pit bull. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although they did use like three different, I think it was all the same breed, but they did use like clearly three different dogs and a fake dog. So like, oh, there was definitely a fake dog or two, or two. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I know, I know that they had a bunch of different um, live dogs for that that final chase scene at the end. Uh, you know, you can tell that there's like at least two. Yeah, he was an English Mastiff. Oh, really? Yeah, English Mastiff. But yeah, you can tell that there's like at least two different ones in that chase scene. It's kind of funny because it's like it, it kind of <laughs> cut, and I was just like, that dog looks a little different. <laughs> I was just like, come on, guys. God, <laughs> like, now I do like. I'm looking at my notes. I wrote all the cast members for the Goonies and all of their nicknames. And on this uh-huh. one, I wrote. I wrote uh, Tom Weary plays Smalls. Uh, Tom Weary is uh, he's been in some other movies like Black Hawk Down and Mystic River and The Revenant. Right? Huh? He's only been in this. Don't I don't remember don't him. Lie to me. I don't remember him in The Revenant. I don't remember him in either of those other two movies. I list, even though I've seen them all. Um, but then I wrote Mike Vi- Vitar. Mike Vitar plays Benny. Uh, he was Louis Mendoza in The Mighty Ducks. Another childhood favorite of mine. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, after I wrote Smalls and Benny, I wrote, just fucking wiki them. <laughs> <laughs> I just gave up on the cast list for this, and I was like, fuck it, there's too many of them, well, too many nicknames. They're in fr- it's in front of me, I got it here in front of me. So, we're back, 
and we're talking about the Sandlot now. Uh, ninety three. I was one, I guess. That was my government birth year. Hey, birth year. That's when the, um, that's when Area fifty one was shut down. And they found us all homes. Ah, yeah. That's what happened. Ninety three. Yep. They told me that Nanny Vlux three thousand didn't want me anymore. Oh well, I'll I'll let you in. They 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 basically had to like send you off a year early, but mainly because they had to like fire a lot of people. So like they oh. fired a lot of government officials. And nanny nanny, uh, I'm sorry, I don't remember nanny flux bot. M- nanny flux two thousand maybe nanny flux two thousand three thousand. Maybe that's why she didn't like me. I could never remember. Well, with a name like that, I mean, come on now. Nannybot must have been one of those that was like fired or decommissioned or disassembled or you know. I see, and they yeah. just didn't want me to be sad about the death of my mother. Yeah, so they said she just didn't want you anymore. <laughs> so they traumatized me instead. Uh, That's the government for you. Well, back to therapy. So, <laughs> Scotty Smalls. He moves to this town, which I honestly have no idea where this town is. Uh, Los it is Angeles. the 60s, by the way. Yeah, okay. It's it's Los Angeles, uh, but it's not like uh, downtown or anything. It's, no, it's, it's uh, the suburbs. some neighborhood. Yeah. His stepdad uh, moved the family there for work, and uh, he's very interested in baseball, and uh, mostly because he wants to get to know his stepdad, who is a big baseball fan, uh, and surprisingly played by Dennis Leary. That's right. I don't. I don't yes. know how I've gone my entire adult life and not recognized that Dennis Leary was the face from my childhood as the stepfather in this. <laughs> like I did. I, I, I turned this on, and when when his face popped up, I was like, "Yeah, that's the dad. That's Dennis Leary." <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> so, the narrator is also uh, the director, David Mikey Evans. <clears throat> and writer. And, and the writer. Uh, Co-writer, with, I guess. Uh, yeah, Robert Gunter. And I always thought, because they do show him, mm. I always thought as a kid that, the, that Dennis Leary played both of them. I didn't know it was Dennis Leary. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. But... Yeah, but I thought that Dennis Leary played both of them, and I was always like, yeah, but he's his stepdad, though. <laughs> they just look alike. It's a little weird to assume the looks of your stepfather. Yeah. Just saying. It's a little obsessive yeah. of you. <laughs> so, anyhow, he wants to learn about baseball, but Bill is too busy, and it turns out that this group of kids, led by uh, Mike Vitar. Benjamin Franklin Rodriguez in the film. They just play on this sandlot day in and day out. And he decides to take his plastic mitt over there and just join them. But he has not the slightest clue how to play. Doesn't even know how to throw a ball. Uh, Doesn't even know how to throw a ball. So he embarrasses himself just a little bit. However, he does eventually get uh, catch time with Bill and they break his mitt. And as I mentioned earlier, Benny coming swinging by uh, sees him and is like, "Hey, do you want to play?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'd love to play. Thanks for inviting me, but I broke my fake ass mitt. It's broke." <laughs> and so he's like, "Oh, I just happen to have an extra one in my back pocket because he- my back pocket's big enough for that." No, yeah, he was one hundred percent planning on getting this kid to go out with it. Oh, definitely. He was definitely. he was gung ho set on this idea. And he's just like he knew that right. the kid would be. He knew the kid's responses. He knew Benny's a good guy. He knew exactly what he was. Just like this kid is going to try to say, "I don't have a mint. I can't play with you." Well, jokes on him. I'm going to bring my extra mint with him. Yeah, and it, guy, it's Benny. a pretty good one, apparently, because uh, it does Scotty for. That summer and maybe even the next one. <laughs> but they go out and he he meets the gang, uh, becomes a part of the gang. The gang includes Patrick Patrick Renna as Hamilton Ham Porter. 
Chauncey Leopardi as Michael Squints Paladorus. Marty York as Alan Yeah Yeah McClendon. Brandon Quentin Adams as Kenny DeNunez. Uh, he apparently was just Brandon Adams back in the day. Oh. Yeah, we got Shane Odebzinski as Tommy Repeat Timmons and Victor DiMattia uh, as Timmy Timmons, his older brother. And Repeat yeah. always repeats his older brother. And dear God, man, I am so surprised that they are not related. Yeah, right. They look exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, they, they do. Timmy and Tommy Timmons. Like, I don't understand. I feel like they still have to be brothers. Like, it, it's got to be. Misplace. Uh, you missed Grant Gell as Bertram Grover Weeks. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, there, there's, you know, there's nine kids in total, including Smalls, because he makes the ninth man and gives them a full baseball team. The reason why Benny scouted him. So... Given that there's nine kids, I think they do a pretty good job of making sure they have personalities and whatnot, but yeah. there's still nine kids to focus on in this film, and you lose track of them a little bit. Yeah, and you only you only really focus on Benny and, and Smalls, really. The others just have moments and, and character traits. They don't really have development. Right. They don't... There's nothing yeah, achieved for a lot of them. Yeah. That I I agree a hundred percent. Some yeah. of them they do like Squints definitely has a good character arc. Yeah, um, he's so called Squints because he's always squinting. Right, and he also <laughs> is one of the few of them that wears glasses. Children are not the best of nicknamers. <laughs> Marty York, yeah, yeah, he always he, he his nickname is yeah, yeah because he always says yeah, yeah at the beginning of each sentence. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Brett. Brett Bertram was the tall kid with glasses then. I think so. I think Kenny was the their pitcher. Yeah, Kenny was the pitcher's, yes. Yeah, he was uh, the the Tolkien character in this film. That that's the flaw of this film is the representation. You know, you have him yeah, as definitely. the only non-white character on the team. Well, that's I guess Benny is uh uh that's true. Uh I I would say that he is uh Latino or whatever yeah. the the yeah. correct term is when i took the uh diversity in america class that was on latin america culture mm -hmm. basically it's all over the place on what people prefer right. at least that's what the story was when i took that class it's a hard one because there's just so many people that at least organizations mm -hmm. in america in america that want to lump them all together, you know? Right. But there's so many different cultures in there. Uh, so yeah, it's, 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 it's hard. It's, it's, it's <clears throat> not worth trying to like fit them under an umbrella. It's, it's, you know, it's not the right. different cultures, different names, but like the other, the other representation issue and the biggest one, the little that we had about the Goonies in regards to uh, female characters, right. again, very little, not really there. Sandlot, another film marketed specifically to younger boys, but I mean, mainly because it's baseball, you know, that's right. But there are no female characters except for the mom. Yeah. Karen Allen plays mom. I guess there's Wendy Peppercorn. That's right. I forgot. There is the, the, the lifeguard, Wendy Peppercorn, played by Mary Shelton. Yes. Marley. Sorry. Marley but Shelton. She is just an anecdote. In the story that is the arc of Squint's character development. Yeah. And and often throughout this movie, it is an insult to be referred to as a girl or to throw like a girl right. or to, you know, right. play ball like a girl. But that was that that is definitely a very sixties thing. Yeah. But it did instill in these ninety kids who watched this movie over and over and over again that you have to be macho. Exactly. That's I that's where I'm coming that at that it with true. it is uh, I, I love this movie as a child. I still don't like I'm not going to say that I hate this movie. I definitely don't. I enjoyed it. Oh, we yeah. watching it. It had a lot 100%. of fun. A lot of quotes that again, like you're killing me smalls. I use that all the fucking time. Oh, yeah. I, all the time. I don't talk about Babe Ruth Forever. often. 
for <laughs> I for, I had forgotten about forever, honestly. But when it happened, I immediately was doing it. I was like forever. <laughs> like, oh my god! But like, uh, I don't talk about Babe Ruth often. But if I do talk about Babe Ruth, I always say the King of Clout, the King of Clout, <laughs> <laughs> the Salt of Swine. Is it swine? I think it's swat. Swat. I think it's the salt and the swat. The salt and the swat. I don't know. I don't remember. The great bambino. The great bambino. Um, Oh, they're one in the same. (laughs) That gets me back to the synopsis. So, poor Scotty Smalls takes Bill's baseball because they lost theirs. Or no, no, actually, it's an omen. Yeah, Benny knocks the shit out of it and and, and busts the seams open, and, yeah. and the skin just falls right off the ball. Yeah. Uh, so Should've he goes and gets omen. another ball because he's got another ball. It just signed by this lady, Baby Ruth. Yeah. It's so fucking yeah. rude of her to sign that ball. And then they knock it over the fence <clears throat> to the beast. Yes. Who's been represented in shadow form, almost like a T-Rex from Jurassic Park. Right. And you don't know this until the uh, end of the movie, but Mr. Myrtle lives there, played Mm. by James Earl Jones. There's actually a a different Mr. Myrtle uh, in the flashback. I think think it's Herb Mueller who plays them. Anyhow, that just shows how much the kids actually know about the... What's going right. on on the other side of the fence? Because there's these big, tall urban legends about how the beast eats people, and uh, Mister Myrtle trained the beast to be that way. Yeah, and if you uh, lose your ball over there, it's so, gone forever. Yeah, forever. Yeah, for oh yeah, and, and and according to the legend, the beast has to be locked up for all its days. Yes, uh, and that was done by squints great grandpa or something like that right it's hilarious it's ridiculous it's you know kids believe the craziest shit and you know it's a very fun tall tale it immediately establishes that yes these are all unreliable narrators that that the only problem as an adult with this film is realizing that the first half of it is a fun coming of age baseball film and the last half of it is just a descent into oh we gotta get a ball back like (laughs) I don't I don't know and it, and it's be fair like at the time it was like if you if you had that ball today it'd be like yeah. I don't know probably 20 million dollars No yeah it's I, it's I, a huge ball I would never ever play with that ball if I if I owned that ball right. it yeah. would be locked up But like yeah. it's just it's 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 funny though because like the beginning of this is a very realistic like the first half first like hour of this movie is like realistic baseball coming of age and then after that, it becomes yeah. very heavily unreliable narrator kid story <laughs> because it's like they're, tr- they're trying all manner of shit to get this ball back without just jumping over the fence and getting it themselves, which they eventually do try. Um, but like, they, you know, they, they design a bunch of Rube Goldberg contraptions again to yeah. because yeah. that's the thing to get this ball back, including one that's literally just a pot on the end of a very long stick. Um, yeah, well, a metal stick, by the way, like it's, it's a pole. It's very right. long. And then the dog pulls it in there and then shoots out this crumpled up mess of metal and wire and everything. Yeah. It's hilariously <laughs> ridiculous. Like, it's really funny. And like, when it happens, you're like, holy shit, this dog means business. But then as an adult, you're like, no fucking way did a mastiff just do that. <laughs> But like even even the dog yeah. itself is like misproportioned because it's like it, there's many times where there's just like a fake dog and it's just like this, right. this yeah. massive monstrosity. It looks like Jaws. <laughs> yeah, kind yeah. of, kind of, yeah. <laughs> so like I don't know. Like I do love that it becomes this unreliable. We gotta get the ball back narrative, but it's just mm-hmm. it, it kind of loses me as an adult rewatching. I was just like, oh. I was really enjoying like the coming of age story of this, where this kid just found a, bu- a group of friends and they right. play ball. Like that was nice, but they do right. have to do something. They can't just play ball. They have to have a story. So, so the part you know, you're killing me, Smalls. Yeah, that part like with the s'mores. I used every time I made a s'more, I would quote 
those lines <laughs> of him making you take the gram and then you put the chocolate on it and then you roast the mellow <laughs> see i okay people have always made fun of me for when i most uh, when i roast my marshmallows because people you know i know so many people who just like daintily hold their marshmallow over the flame and they get a nice sure. golden coat on it i have always stuck it straight into the heart of flame set it bursting into fire and it just <laughs> held it up and looked at it for a while before blowing it off and people are like what is wrong with you i thought that was how you made s'mores because that's how he fucking does it in this movie <laughs> He literally <laughs> sets it on fire. Honestly, I've always liked how the that hard, crispy shell forms, yeah, and the then cancer. on the inside is the gooey, gooey soup. Yeah. yeah. Yes, the cancer forms. Yes, yeah. I do like the cancer shell. Uh, honestly, it's probably all cancer, let's be honest. I mean, it's bone marrow, so yeah. <laughs> probably. Yeah. <laughs> It's just in, kids. If you don't know, gelatin is bone marrow, and gelatin is uh, what all marshmallows are basically just pure gelatin and sugar. S'mores and hot cocoa are the only real excuses for the marshmallow. That's true. Um, That's true. I know that people like it as like a flavor. Yeah, if you give me a fucking peep, I'm setting it on fire. I did have a peep the other day, and it was cookies and cream flavor, and Ugh. that was actually pretty interesting. I think I would have vomited. <laughs> okay, so you want to do a closing statement on this? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, they do vomit. Tequila. No, oh, okay, yeah, that. Honestly, that scene. Uh, the the scene where they take uh, chewing tobacco and go to a carnival, yeah, it does almost yeah. make me want to hurl. I think that's kind of the turning yeah. point for this movie. That's that's when I'm just like, when I immediately am just like, okay, I'm I'm kind of losing it because literally it's, it's just gross. It is gross. That I, I am an avid baseball watcher. Go Braves! Um, but like that is like the worst part about watching baseball is, is all the spit. I can't handle it. Yeah. Like when all the kids are introduced, literally, uh, um, Benny is just like. That there, that's ham. That's squints. That's yeah, yeah. All of them. It's gross. It's so gross. Like I hate. I spit, and I only spit when I cough, and it's to remove phlegm, because it's it's, it's yeah. a natural thing. It's because I'm old and I smoke. <laughs> <laughs> And putting it back there does not help me. No. Putting it back down there does not help. It doesn't. So that's, and that is that's a the only reason. That's the only time I say that coughing and spit or that spitting is okay. But chewing tobacco, I think, is one of the most gross substance uses I've ever seen. And it is mm-hmm. disgusting in this movie. They take huge yeah. – these kids take gigantic <sighs> wads of chewing tobacco. Yeah, and they don't – and just puke. They don't know that they're supposed right. to just spit it out. Too. Right. Well, some of them might, but no, some yeah. of them probably don't know how serious, like, actually swallowing it is. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, and then it, yes. because they just swallow it, they just they vomit everywhere on this ride. It oh, is yeah. a disgusting scene. And I have forgotten it, as, it a, is. as an adult rewatching this, and I have forgotten it specifically because as a kid, I fucking hated it. It's a nasty scene. I loved the song. I just didn't watch. The, I didn't watch the scene, and I, 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 I listened to the song. Right, tequila is a jam. It's a good song uh, by. Oh, I was looking this up earlier. Uh, the Champs. It's by the Champs. The champs. Go check it out. The Champs. They also got. They also got Wooly Bully, uh, in this movie, and that is by Oh Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. That's a great name, <laughs> Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs. Uh, no, I, I I still do enjoy this film though. To give my closing statement, you know, as a baseball lover, this is a great film for kids. This is a great baseball film. However, mm-hmm. it it does have a lot of like pro masculine, pro male kind of attitude. That yeah, as an adult, as a as a non binary individual, I don't like that anymore. Like re- yeah, rewatching yeah. this, I was like, "Oh, this was probably why I had a lot of like identity issues growing up." <laughs> it's it's right, very yeah. much like bashing it into me that you have to be masculine, you have to, you can't be a girl, 
And now as an adult, I'm like, yeah. no, I can be a girl and watch baseball and fucking love it. Like, fuck off. So it just bothers yeah. me. But, you know, I, I still do enjoy the kids. I love their chemistry together. They don't have much development with a lot of the kids. It's still fine. It's still an enjoyable film. And I'm going to give it three stars. You know, it's, no, it's still it's still okay enough to get three stars. I love this movie because it is just 100% nostalgia. And, man, I just can't believe how many times that me and my brother probably watched this movie. It had to be in the hundreds. I mean, sure, there's only so many days in the year, but uh, we definitely watched it every day for certain summer months, uh, a couple of years in a row. So for that reason, I, I can't give it, you know, less than a face, but I don't want to give it a face and a half. Because as a rewatching it as an adult, I do recognize that it has problems and that it's not, well, I don't know. It, there's some perfect things. There's some perfect parts of this movie, but it's not a perfect movie. And, and I don't, because I'm not a big sports fan, I don't think that I'm going to come back to it again and again, but I will recommend this movie to other people. And it's definitely, like I said, got a lot of nostalgia for me. That's my closing statement. Yeah, the nostalgia was real. That the nostalgia, kept, the nostalgia, the nostalgia kept me through it for uh, the parts that I was just like, meh. But like, I'm not gonna say that I hated sitting through this film again. It was definitely a no. definitely a, a re enjoyment of my childhood. I, I laughed. I had a lot of fun. And there was parts where I wanted to vomit because the kids were vomiting. And I was like, ugh. <laughs> And like the the oh, Sarah definitely, oh Sarah definitely hated that scene. Yeah, I did too. Like honestly, the but like it, it another scene that's like I'm on the fence about because I hate what it is, but I also find it hilarious is the squints kissing Wendy Peppercorn scene yeah. where he like drowns himself to so he can get a, a he took advantage. Yeah, yeah it's definitely. like I definitely laugh at how it's directed and how it's presented. Mm-hmm. But the reality of that scene is like I was just like, okay, yeah, you should probably have been slapped or or kicked in the groin or something like you know. <laughs> they did get banned for the pool forever, and she and she <laughs> like flirtatiously smiled at him, so he knew it wasn't. They get a po- married. It's in the post. Oh, in the that's right. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> man i mean okay so sarah did say like when that scene was over she's like what like with the wink face that happened yeah and then she's like you know what though her being x amount of years older than him she's just like that the goal yeah that kid had balls that kid had balls that kid has balls i have to respect that to some extent that's fair yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it is what it is, but I do definitely have the nostalgia contest here. I give it to the Goonies. The Goonies is a fucking perfect movie and I'll, I'll die on that. Hill. I think I'm going to give it to the Goonies as well. Um, I, I think maybe before I watched it, the, both of these movies again and together to decide mm. which one I liked better, I would have said the Sandlot. Like if you would have just walked up to the street, just because, I know that as a kid, that was our movie. Right. I don't think we watched the Goonies around the kids that my mother mm-hmm. watched. They they cursed just too often, I think. But we surely did rent it very often. Yeah. I think, honestly, we watched Sandlot more because my brother and I both love baseball. Uh, so, I think we watched, right. more, watched it more than the Goonies. But, like, I don't know. Head, heading into this matchup, I was just like, oh, man, I'm excited for this, like, two nostalgic films. Goonies definitely right. going to win. But, yeah, this is going to be fun. Like, <laughs> I, I am happy to be surprised and to agree with yeah, you. Yeah, I will say with uh, with um, to to aid the Sandlot, um, Mr. Myrtle, as we mentioned, I don't know if we mentioned he's played by James Earl Jones. Um, Wait, I did. Yeah. 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 I know. I knew we talked about Mr. Myrtle, and uh, but I, I forgot to say that. Uh, one, there is a common belief that Mr. Myrtle is a real baseball player. He's not made up for the movie. The, the photo, I think, is faked. I can't remember where the photo comes from. Or it might be a real photo, but like the, the – Well, I'm pretty sure that it's uh, James Earl Jones and uh, 
but obviously it looks like an, a younger James Earl right. Jones, but also um, Art LaFleur as oh, I'm so pretty sure the picture yeah. has Art LaFleur. Okay, they, didn't, they didn't even have yeah. the real Babe Ruth. It's just a staged photo. Right. Okay. Yeah. I like, I, as a kid, I thought it was a real person. Like I thought, you know, it was like, oh, cool. Like Babe Ruth, like, I don't know, maybe he would have like played a tag. There, there's a novel that I've read called The Given Day by Dennis Lehane, where it has a fictional right. Babe Ruth who plays with uh, with some of the members of the Negro League, which was, you know, back then oh, baseball cool. was segregated. There was the Negro League, there was yeah. the Major Leagues. And um, I, I do want to give the film props that when they wrote this, when um, uh, David Mickey, yeah, David Mickey Evans and Robert Gunter, when they wrote this, that character, Mr. Myrtle, wasn't, you know, there was no color assigned to his character. One of them was just, like, I can't remember who, but somebody was working with James Earl Jones and was like, oh, I can get James Earl Jones to play this guy if you want. And they're just like, yes. Like, if you're going to get James Earl Jones involved, please. <laughs> so, like, they, they they just, like, mildly altered the, the story of Mr. Myrtle to say that, you know, Babe Ruth played with a, a member from the Negro Leagues. Like, he, it's... Yeah. Yeah. So like I, I want to give them props on that. They were they were willing to change a character role to suit an actor. They could have done right. a, you know many other characters too, but I'll give them right. that. I'll give them yeah. credit where it's due. And I love James Earl Jones, so it was it was you know, he always is a yeah great great fun to have in any movie. It, it is also funny because throughout the entire movie, I'm sorry, I know we had already closed on this, but it's it's funny because oh, like throughout the entire movie, these kids are doing like crazy loud shit, and you're just like, why the fuck does this guy not yeah. just come out and be like, will you shut the fuck up? <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> he even says he even says, so you're the ones out there causing all that racket, yeah. And so the character is blind. Right. Mr. Myrtle too, as well. So that could be one reason. Like he doesn't think who knows, like, you know, who knows what part of the house that he's in. I also, and I think it is a two story house too. That's the other thing is I also get confused because it, it, they're all at the sandlot. And when you have the, the, mm. when you see the, the shots of the sandlot, there's not many houses around it at like at all. Right. And then like halfway through the movie, once they hit the ball over the yard, they're immediately just like, oh, well, such and such character lives right here, right next door. Has a treehouse yes, and everything. Right next door. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm confused now. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely like uh, two different locations yeah, for sure. It's funny. I, as a kid, I did not give a damn. As an adult, I was like, wait, no, I'm, oh, I'm yeah, confused. Right, what the fuck's yeah. going on? But that, that, that said, we've already mentioned. Goonies one. Thank you for listening. Sorry we rambled on a lot there at the last part, but <laughs> oh, that's okay. I I enjoyed your rambling. Uh, so I've been the faceless Leon, and I am the Green Traveler from Goosh. Thank you so much for listening. Safe travels and good night. Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of Fiction Works nineteen. Are you a fan of the show? Feel free to contact us at greenandfacelessfans at gmail or visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. Don't forget to comment, like, and subscribe, or rate us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening.